Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, how's it going, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell with my co-host, Blake Pace. Uh, back for another episode of Courtside Take. This will be our second episode. Uh, we have some fun topics to go over, but first, Blake, how you doing? Not bad. You know, we're, we're struggling through our finals week here, so it's a long stretch, but we'll get through it. And, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, uh, get to catch some good basketball games in the week, too. Yeah. Uh, Blake and I are students at James Madison University. It's our finals week. Um, you know, just like every other college kid out there during finals week was stressed. But, yeah. you know, we once once a week, we uh, step away from fi- or step step away from studying and talk some NBA. Exactly. So um, let's get let's get it going. Uh, there's some problems with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Damon and CJ haven't gelled well this year. Uh, they're thir- currently 13 and 12, sixth in the Western Conference, is still in the playoff hunt. Um, but Blake, what's what's going wrong with them? Yeah, I don't, and it's, it's more to the fault of the NBA, I guess, at this point, because you know they're still two talented players. They've got Nurkic at center. Um, I think it's it's just so tough when you look at the league because there's there's a dominant team in each conference. I mean, I think back when. When it was Jordan, you know, it was like, who's Jordan going to face in the finals? So, you know, it gave all these teams in the middle of the pack Mm -hmm. their chance to get to the finals. But now it's, you know, Cavs are going to make it in the East. Warriors are going to make it in the West. And so all these other teams really aren't getting the best shot to, you know, develop their young players in the playoffs and stuff like that. And, you know, teams like the Spurs and, you know, Rockets are making their moves this year in the West. And, you know, the Celtics are great in the East. But, you know, the Portland Trailblazers are one of the teams that I look at as, like, you know what? What do they have right now, and how's that going to contribute through the rest of the season? Um, you know, I I looked at the stats. I was comparing Lillard and McCollum a little bit. Uh, Lillard, Lillard is averaging twenty six points, six assists, five rebounds, only shooting forty two point four percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but his player efficiency rating is actually a, a slightly worse than last year, but about the same. I mean, twenty three point nine this year, twenty four point one last year. Um, that both of their troubles really come on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, CJ McCollum is a negative 0.7 defensive box plus minus and Damian Lillard's a negative 0.3 um, so they're not really helping the Trailblazers defensively and you know CJ McCollum's having a, a, a decent year uh, 21 points 4 rebounds 2.7 assists 44.7% from the field um, and his offensive box plus minus is 1.3 uh, for a reminder for fans that don't really know what box plus minus is it's um, over 100 possessions, how many points that player is better than the league average. And the league average would be zero. So he's 1.3 points better than the average player. Um, but I think in the end, the Blazers are going to have to trade one of these guys. Um, I, I've been saying it for a couple of years now. I don't think they gel well in general. I know they're, they're both big scorers. Um, but I think if you're going to keep someone, I think you got to keep Damian Lillard. I think he's much better than C.J. McCollum is. Um, especially, I mean, on both sides of the floor, even though, you know, they're both bad defensive players. I think Lillard's a little less of a liability. Um, I like the roster they have right now. I mean, I like Nurkic. I like McCollum. I like Lillard. I mean, and, and some of the other guys down, I like their bench a little bit. But I think in the end, at the end of the day, they were going for Paul George this offseason. They didn't get him. And they were left with this roster. And the roster doesn't really fit well together. You got a lot of good talent. But... 
I don't know. And and unfortunately, you look at the other top backcourts in the NBA, and like you said, you know they both struggle on defense. You know, you look at Golden State. While Thompson and Curry both play great, uh, are great on offense. Clay Thompson is you know first team all defense. Um, in and, Houston and, and Draymond Green. I mean, Dr- yeah, they get Draymond Green's de- there. defensive player of the year. Exactly, and then and then in Houston now that they've got Chris Paul and James Harden. James Harden, you know, is has improved defensively, but Chris Paul is also a great defender, first team all defender. And then even, you know, Bradley Beal and John Wall. John Wall's a great defender, and then both are good at offense. And, you know, there's not one of these guys that sticks out as a really great defender. And so that creates a lot of um, struggles on the defensive end. Um, I also think that if you move on from one of them, it's got to be McCollum. Now, I've, I saw this trade proposal just going through Twitter. Those are always fun. Those are always fun to look at. And this one came from uh, Big Bill Simmons. And it was... Uh, Bill Simmons, great guy. Big Celtics fan. Big Celtics guy. Uh, so it was CJ McCollum to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. And, you, and gave up, you gave up Dario Saric um, and a pick this year. I'd pass on that. You'd pass on that? Yeah. I think uh, CJ McCollum is really... Similar in what they're going to get out of Markel Fultz in that sense, more of a score shooting guard, uh, provides Simmons with a score outside of himself and Embiid, and I think he's kind of similar to Markel Fultz. While I, I, w- I would take C.J. McCollum, I, I really think um, that's more of a rumor. I don't know if the, yeah. the Sixers would really look into that. Um, especially because I'm pretty sure McCollum's getting paid good money. Yeah. So yeah, they, they don't really want to waste their cap space either. and want to keep their options open this yeah. offseason. So I, I, I like that, but um, no, I don't know. I, it's interesting that you brought up the Warriors thing because when you were talking through it, it's like the Warriors have guys that play both ways. They, they're they great offensive players that also are great defensive players. Like Clay Thompson, great 3 and D guy. You got Draymond Green, while he's not – Amazing offensively, he's not a liability. He's a good passer. Um, occasionally, can hit that three. And then Durant, one of the best two-way players yeah, in the NBA. Definitely. Steph Curry, I mean, he's he's all right defensively, um, but he's not a liability. And then I look at this this bl- compare them to the Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> I go down their roster, and their good defensive players are Harkless, Nurkic, and Aminu. And two of those three guys, while they're positive in defensive plus plus minus, they're negative in offensive plus box plus minus so there's no one on their team that has a positive in both except al farouk aminu who is barely above average on offense and good defender so i just i don't really like where this team is going um they don't have a two-way presence so they're going to struggle defensively um let's see what their off their defensive rating is actually fourth out of 30th this 30th this season but um it's not showing down in the analytical um, side of things. So I, I could see them, you know, falling down the stretch. I don't know if this is a playoff team at the yeah. end of the day. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think they're a real playoff team. Let me look at the standings real quick. I, I, I think that at the end, by the end of the season, I think Oklahoma City would be ahead of them. Um, I still would say I like Utah also ahead of them. Especially if Rudy, Rudy Gobert stays healthy. Yeah, if Rudy Gobert stays healthy, Donovan Mitchell continues to improve. The, I guess the team that I would think would make or break it for them would be the Clippers, if the Clippers could figure their stuff out. Yeah, the Clippers um, are such an up-and-down team. Exactly, and you know, if Blake's out, you know, he's out for a little. They've already lost a couple other guys. If the Clippers somehow made their way back in the playoffs, they'd be the, the competition from Portland. I think Portland, honestly, 
is going to be an eight or nine seed, and that all depends, I guess, on the Pelicans and the Jazz to me. I like the Pelicans. I mean, I watched them play last night. They played the Sixers last night. Granted, they played the Sixers without Joel Embiid, so yeah. there was no inside presence, and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus yeah. Cousins kind of just went off because Unreal. it's there's nothing down low other than Joel Embiid. So, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to talk about one other player on the the Blazers. Uh, they drafted uh, Zach Collins in the first round, the tenth overall pick this year, and he's just been pitiful. I mean, um, he's only playing six minutes a game. He's shooting twenty one percent from the field. Um, only averaging, he's averaging less than a point a game. Uh, I mean, they they thought when they got him out of Gonzaga, I mean, he didn't even start at Gonzaga because they had, oh, what's his name, uh, Karnowski. Oh, and yeah. so they didn't start Zach Collins, but he played well in the NCAA tournament, raised his stock. And, you know, the seven-footer just hasn't showed up this year. Um, and I think they thought they were going to get more. Obviously, they thought yeah. they were going to get more out of him. But um, I guess it's early in his career, so we'll see. But... If, they, if they're not hitting on draft picks and they're going to keep this roster as is and not improve it, the, the Trailblazers are in for a long, miserable next couple of years. Yeah, and especially because with that 10th pick, they traded away the 15th and 20th to move up to 10th yep. with Sacramento. And so Which was uh, the Sacramento got Justin, Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Harry Giles, yeah. So, and I mean, so those guys are, you know... High potential the, guys. High potential guys, uh, but probably maybe... Probably won't work out. So yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah, let's we'll move on. You know, a little depressing of a topic. Let's talk <laughs> about uh, someone who's emerged as you know, honestly, one of the an MVP candidate, one of the best players in the NBA right now is Victor Oladipo. He scored forty eight points. Was it last night or the night before? Uh, last night. It was last night. He scored forty eight points. Uh, what I don't know what's gotten into him. He's averaging twenty four point five points a game, five five point three rebounds, four assists, and he's shooting forty eight percent from the field. He has the Pacers sitting at sixteenth and sixteen and eleven, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, coming into the season, who expected the Pacers to be making the playoffs? And, and Victor Oladipo is a big reason why. Uh, what do you think's gotten into him? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm spending time with you know a, a ball dominant scoring point guard like Russell uh, yeah. Westbrook might have helped him with that. Maybe he missed out getting the ball so much with uh, Russ last year that he's just like, nope, it's it's my show now. I don't know. It's 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 so interesting because uh, field goal percentage is up, three point percentage up, forty four point four, effective field goal percentage of fifty six percent. His uh, rebounds are at a career high. Uh, steals at a career high and blocks at a career high. He's really just taking his game to a whole other level, and I love it because I th- he was you know great in Indiana, got drafted by Orlando. Orlando's a mess of a situation. We probably won't even talk about them that much this year. I mean, they're just a mess right now, um, and have been for the last five Gonna years. Get another top pick, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and then he went and was you know the the Robin to Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. And I think they he, wanted him to be the Robin. Uh, he wasn't really the Robin. That's right. He didn't, he really didn't get that. When they, when they traded Serge Ibaka for him, they were that's like, true. they were thinking, yeah. Hey, we can replace Durant with a little bit worse of a Durant. And yeah. he came in and I mean, I'm looking at the player efficiency rating. You'll, you'll hear on this show. I like using three stats, player efficiency rating, offensive box plus minus and defensive box plus minus. Mm-hmm. I also like box plus minus. I just like, how good is the team when that player's on the floor and that's what box minus shows? Yeah. And then uh, player efficiency range is how efficient of a player they are. And uh, his his this year is 23.5, which is like an elite level yeah. player efficiency rating. Last year is 13.6, which the league average is 15 below that. And it's hard to believe because he's playing on a good team. I mean, the Thunder were good last year where they finished with the five seed. Um, 
No, uh, six, six, six. Six. They played. Yeah. yeah, they played the Rockets, who were the three. Um, and he just he disappeared on that team. I mean, he wasn't good. Um, and he he's been a league average defender. Uh, this year too. So yeah, I mean, I, I really like what I've seen out of Victor Oladipo. And at this point, the Pacers have to be happy with what they got for Paul George because when the first trade first went through, they were like, oh, the Thunder gave up nothing because the way Oladipo was playing. But now it's like, wow. Like, I mean, Paul George is playing well for the Thunder, but Sabonis has played well and Oladipo has played well. So Exactly. And like you said, like the box plus minus from a negative 1.3 last year to 4.3 this year, like that's a huge change as well. Um, he's really taken over as their go-to scorer. Um, him and Miles Turner are seem to be a really nice guard-forward combination yeah. for the Pacers. And I mean, like you said, when when they traded Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis, I I thought that the uh, the Pacers got robbed. I mean, Oladipo didn't really blow everyone away last year. Um, you know, field goal percentage uh, was I mean forty-four, uh, three-point percentage thirty-six. Um, Fifteen point nine points a game, so it wasn't it wasn't like they got a twenty five yeah. point scorer, but you know that's what he's turned into this year, and that's been really surprising, and it's what has them, you know, in the early playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because I was just watching him play last night, and I kind of noticed something. Um, I didn't I didn't physically watch the Pacers game, watch the highlights, mm-hmm. but something just popped in my mind. Um, I think the fact that he's now the go-to guy, and he gets to handle the ball for the Pacers. I think that helps his game a lot. I think the Thunder thought that they could maybe use him as more of a spot-up shooter, yeah. um, and that just didn't work out. And now with the Pacers, I mean, he's bringing up the ball a lot of the time. He's ball handling. He's able to either step back or get to the basket, um, and he's really playing to his strengths. I mean, coming out of the draft and when he was at Indiana, he was one of the most athletic players I've seen in a while. So yeah. um, he's really getting to show that now, and he's pairing out with a great jump shot. Um, I, I'm just amazed what I've seen out of Victor Oladipo, especially the 48 points last night. That was, yeah, that was I didn't know he was that great of a score. I mean, great show. Obviously, 24 points a game this year, but, jeez. Oh, yeah, and I mean, looking at just the the field goal attempts, even his three seasons in Orlando, I mean, they never really had established him as the go-to scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, rookie year took 11 shots a game, uh, second year 15. That was his highest before coming to Indiana, where he's up to you know over 18 shots a game. And he's shooting, you know, his highest percentages in almost all the categories. Um, he really seemed to have found his groove in his home t- in his, I guess, his return Quote to unquote, Indiana. Yeah. yeah, his home. <laughs> he's actually, yeah, he's actually from the D.C. metro area. He went to DeMatha High School um, near where I grew up. So, um, yeah, he actually didn't start in high school and then got recruited to play at Indiana mm-hmm. because he went to one of the best private schools in gotcha. D.C. But, oh, right. um, but yeah, so back to Oladipo. The question I wanted to ask you was, do you think Oladipo is more of a product of playing on a bad team and, and getting his shots um, and being able, being able to kind of do whatever he wants? You know, we've seen this in the past with other players. Um, I know Evan Turner for the Sixers averaged like 24 points a game mm-hmm. um, on a really bad Sixers team. And then when he was traded, everyone thought he was going to be this this great player. And then he ended up being nothing. Yeah. Um, and Oladipo is kind of the same way. He had, he had great stats at the Magic. He actually went to a good team last year and – uh, wasn't as good because he just didn't gel. And now that he's on a bad team, once again, he's putting up big numbers. So do you think he's a, a, a one of those players that really just puts up numbers on bad teams and is unable to win on good teams? Or do you think he's just an all-around good player? Like Honestly, I, you know, at 25 years old, I think, um, I think it's a little tough for me to decide on that. I guess I would err more towards that he's 
a guy that can put up good numbers on a bad team rather than be the leader. Yeah, like another example would be Kevin Love. I mean, with, with the Timberwolves, yeah. he put up what twenty eight and fifteen yeah. rebounds. I mean, he was he was a top ten player in the NBA at that point. Um, now with, on a better team, he's still he. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's disappeared on the Cavs. Not the same player. He averages what like seventeen and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, better, more of a spot up shooter now than he was with the Timberwolves. He was more of a post up player there. Yeah. Um, but you know, playing on a better team can really shrink those numbers down pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. And what we've seen out of Oladipo is not only does his numbers shrink a little bit on a good team, um, his, his efficiency, his all around play has just gotten it was just way worse last year. Mm-hmm. And. I've had some people really complain about Russell Westbrook and say that that's the reason Oladipo looks so bad. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation right before I walked in here about how you know one of my friends thinks that Russell Westbrook is just detrimental to his teammates, and and then you see you know Oladipo head to Indiana, be away from Russell Westbrook, and have a season like this. I think it might just be more to the case that he's getting all of the shots now more than anything. Um, I think just because the opportunity is there for him, you might see it because it's not. I mean, 25 points a game is great for him at age uh, 25. Um, it's 26 games that he started into the season, 26 games he's played. So I guess, we'll, for me, I'd have to see it for a full season, him average 25 before I really thought so. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because um, let's see what his contract situation is. Uh, he is signed through the 2021 season, uh, wow. $21 million in the next four seasons, including this year's. He signed a four-year, $84 million extension uh, with a Thunder before being traded. So, um, I mean, we'll see. I don't think the Pacers are going to be good anytime soon. No. Um, and, I mean, good as in a contender to win an NBA title. They, they, The way he's playing in Sabonis and some of those other guys, they might be in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah. Who knows? But they're not going to be a contender in the next four years, so it'll be interesting uh, what they end up doing with Victor Oladipo, whether they try to use this a great play as a, a trade asset, or um, or they keep him and and think he's part of the future. But uh, we'll move on on one of my favorite topics um, this week. LeBron James is having arguably one of the best years of his career. Um, he's 32 years old. He turns 33 on December 30th. Yes, I do know his birthday. <laughs> yes, he is one of my favorite players in NBA history. He's been he's been amazing this year. Um, LeBron is averaging 28 points. 28.3 points, 8.7 assists, 8.3 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 1.1 blocks. And he's shooting 57% from the 57.6% from the field and 41.7% from three point. I, I wanted to have that yeah, right. silent pause there because that's amazing. I, LeBron back in when he was with the Heat, uh, after they lost to the Mavericks, uh, the first year with the with the Heat, he he made a vow to himself that he was gonna get a game outside of scoring inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he got to the point where he was about a league average jump shooter. Now he's like an elite three-point shooter. I don't know what's yeah. gotten into him. Um, but, he's I mean, he has the Cavaliers at 19-8 and eight on the season, third in the Eastern Conference, um, which isn't surprising. I mean, everyone talked about the defensive struggles and, oh, is this the year the Cavs go downhill? Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He rattles off, what, 13 or 14 straight wins? Yeah, I just I'm lost for words of what I've seen uh, LeBron James this year. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, three point shooting. I mean, before this season, he was a 34 percent shooter from three, and he's up to uh, almost 42 percent. So I mean, it's unbelievable what he's been doing this year and how 
little help he has compared to who's been on his team for the last, you know, seven, eight years. I mean, I like Jay Crowder. He hasn't really sh- uh, shown as much as he did in Boston last year. Um, Tristan Thompson's been hurt. Isaac, they're still waiting on Isaiah Thomas. There's no Kyrie. J.R. Smith and Dwayne Wade are regressing. Amon Shumpert's regressing. Channing Fry's regressing. Kyle Korver is still there um, from time to time. And Derrick Rose has also been hurt. So he really doesn't have much talent on that team right now. I mean, Kevin Love is, has had a great stretch of games the past two weeks, and that can't be overlooked either. But like you said, yeah, LeBron is just is, is going off this year, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable to see after um, such a long career. Everyone likes to talk about um, the comparison between Jordan and LeBron, and that's something we could probably spend an entire day talking about, an I... entire episode at least. Just a quick one-word answer, MJ LeBron. See, I want to I want to say LeBron. I like uh, I, I have this argument with my dad all the time cuz yeah. he's a big, you know, loved the 80s and 90s basketball and and MJ was unstoppable, six titles and you know, my dad always claps back with the whole argument of uh, 6 for 6 in NBA finals and that's, you know, that kind of ends the conversation, but I I would love to put LeBron in the conversation. I just yeah. I mean, it's Le- tough. LeBron is in his 15th year, but when you take into the account all the playoff games that he's played in his career, it's an extra almost two seasons of basketball. Over two seasons. Over two, two and a half. Seasons. Yeah, I just looked Jeez. at it. He's at almost 1100 games in his career during a regular season, 217 in the playoffs. He's over 1300 games in his career and I I don't know the number, but I don't think he's missed more than 40 games to injury no so that that's just I, we haven't seen a player in any sport that can just stay healthy at this pace yeah. um the closest is tom brady but he tore his acl missed a season yeah. um so i just i mean he's 32 years old and 1300 games and his player efficiency rating is the third high of his th- highest of his career um between behind what two years blake oh well it's behind his uh Almost unanimous MVP yep. season. Which was? 2012. 2013. 12-13, Tw- Thir- yeah. And then the other one was his last year, or not his last year with the was Cavs, it but it was 8-9. 8-9, gotcha. Um, okay. And, you know, last year he was still an elite player, 27 uh, player efficiency rating, but this year 31.3, that's just amazing. Um, like Blake said, he's doing more with less this year. Offensively, he... We've talked about players today that have an offensive box plus minus at like what three or four, and we consider them great at that side of the court. Yeah, he's at nine point one offensively, two point one defensively, um, averaging more than one block and a steal game. And I could go on and on about these numbers. It's just it's incredible what LeBron has done. Yeah, and especially I mean, games is one thing, but you know minutes this year as well. I mean, he's playing thirty seven point three minutes a game. Like that's unbelievable how much they're relying on. They have to at this point, honestly, because they're still waiting for their team to get healthy, but they don't want to fall behind in the Eastern Conference with teams like Boston, Toronto, um, and, and stuff like that. So they, they really need LeBron right now, and he's showing them. One one argument that I heard just um, through other sports shows I was listening to is that LeBron might be taking this regular season as his finals moment. I think what the argument that they were making is like LeBron in his head knows that the Warriors are going to win the finals. So instead of, instead of, you know, playing in at like a LeBron average season, getting to the finals and losing, he's going to play out of this world up until that point. And 
I had to disagree with what I heard. I don't really think that makes much sense to me. I think at the end of the day, only the only thing LeBron cares about is winning championships. Exactly. That's because, all he has to care about. Because at the end of the, the day, if he doesn't win a championship, he loses the Warriors again. It brings up the whole debate again. It's like, oh, is LeBron really that good? He lost in the finals again. Exactly. Like, and he doesn't want to see that. I mean, he wants... No. He, the best the best six months of his life were after he won the first championship for Cleveland. Got to celebrate for six exactly. months in the Warriors' face. I mean, I, regular season numbers are great, but at the end of the day, you got to win championships. Exactly, and that'll be the that'll be the telltale for him and Jordan for the rest of his life. I mean, it's an it's insane to think that he's played thirteen hundred games over fifteen seasons, and is still playing thirty seven minutes a game this year. Yeah, and putting up the best numbers, some of the best numbers of his career. Um, I mean, at the end of the day. I think we can both agree the Warriors are probably going to win the championship. Yeah. So, I mean, LeBron can put up all these numbers. I, what were you going to say? Um, so, realistically, like you said, you know, so many people are on this. You know, he'll never be like Jordan. How many years do you think he'll need at this level for them to be convinced that LeBron just has to be? Does it have to be championships? Or if he played till he was 37 years old with this talent, think, or even further? Like, I think... I think it comes down to championships. I think that's what most people it's judge crazy. it. I, I, at this point, he's already surpassed Michael Jordan in a lot of playoff numbers, um, a lot of regular season numbers. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, MJ was six for six in finals. And for LeBron to be even in that conversation, I think he needs six finals, six. Six, six championships. Um, and he only has three right now. That's gonna be tough. And... <laughs> He's probably not going to be on the Cavs next year. R- interesting rumor I heard was the Rockets. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Him, Hart, him, and Harden are the two of the only three people in the league that have a player efficiency rating above thirty-one this year, and they might be on the same team next year. I mean, what what has to happen? I mean, you think that they have to move the Ryan Anderson contract, right? I don't think they have to move anything. I don't think LeBron cares about money at the end of the day. You think that at this point he'll just go wherever? On I mean, it took LeBron like ten years to be the highest player in the NBA, highest paid true. player in the NBA. Yeah. He really he took pay pay cuts to play with Chris Bosh and D Wade. That's true. Um, now he's getting paid with the Cavs because why not? Exactly. Why not earn some money? But at the end of the day, I mean, he's got a lifetime billion dollar contract with Nike, so the yeah. the, the pay grade doesn't matter for him. Um, and I think it. I think Melo is Melo a free agent after this year. Oh, uh, he can be. Melo can be a free agent. Uh, Paul George can be a free agent. Uh, let's see. Wait, who are the who's in the banana boat? We got Melo, LeBron. Oh, Wade will be a free agent. Oh, Wade. One year. So all four of those guys. Sorry, I mentioned Paul George. He's not part of the banana boat. Uh, all four of those guys can go play with James Harden in Houston. I mean, it'd be an aging team, but LeBron, James Harden, Chris Paul, Melo, D Wade. If they all take pay cuts, who cares? Like they can all go down there. Jeez. And they'd still have Ryan Anderson. Like they'd still That's have some tasks. They'd have to take some massive pay cuts, though, right? I, I mean, I mean, yeah, they'd probably have to. Yeah, I mean, Wade, Wade's playing the league minimum right now, so yeah, that's I true. mean, the Bulls are paying him, but yeah, the Bulls are paying still him. like. Um, and I think Melo, Melo has a player option, and I think it's close to twenty-two million. So I don't know if he's going to turn that down. Um, he might to he play with to his with it, to play, play with his best friends. I honestly, mean, he, he probably could. I think we're at this point in the career or career of D Wade that he's kind of just going to follow LeBron. Follow LeBron, and try and get those championships. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he's got what three, two? No, he has three because he yeah, won one with Shaq. One with Shaq, two with LeBron. Yep. Um, LeBron has three as well. So I mean, they can kind of be the the MJ and Pippen. They just want to stay together and win. Five or six championships, but uh, we'll see. I mean, for that to happen, for That'd them to win crazy. a champ, I mean, 
just think about Harden and LeBron on the same team. I don't know how it would work because Harden's – and they already got Chris Paul. and ball dominant, and, you know, they're already trying to work it out with Chris Paul. But which I'm is sure, working, which is working well. But. but I'm sure they could figure it out if you put those guys on the team together. Yeah. But, you know, we'll move on from LeBron. We I could talk LeBron for an hour, but yeah. um, on to a player who's disappointed. He's probably the biggest disappointment out of this year's NBA draft is Lonzo yeah. Ball. Um, I would even put him – as the biggest disappointment over Markel Fultz. At least oh, Markel yeah. Fultz isn't playing, so yeah. there's an excuse there. Alonzo's playing, uh, averaging 8.6 points, 7 assists, 6.8 rebounds, 1.4 steals, and 1.0, one block a game. Um, but he's only shooting 32% from the field at 10 shots per game. And incredibly, he's only shooting 24.6% from three. Uh, what, what's going wrong? What, what do the Lakers do with Alonzo Ball? I think you gotta you gotta send him to the bench. I think you need to you need to decrease his minutes a little. Um, it, it's it's so weird. This early on. This early on, I think you you're not gonna let him work the, it out. I, I mean, you've been trying to. You've been like, like people like it's all in Lonzo's head at this point to me because one of the things that I think translates best from college to the pros is three point shooting, and he was a forty one point two three point shooter at UCLA and it's dipped to 24.6 and it's not that people are defending him they're leaving him wide open they're letting him take as many threes as he wants it's almost turned into wants. the Ben Simmons effect where it's kind of like we'll yeah. play off you well, you're not LeBron scoring at the basket years ago you'd yeah. leave LeBron you know give him a couple steps off the three point line so he wouldn't beat you inside Lonzo's taking those shots and he's missing all of them i think it's a it's all in his head at this point i i i heard uh a little off topic want to mention one thing first uh Leangelo and uh, LaMelo are close to signing a deal with a Lithuanian oh professional club. So, uh, you know, the balls always end up in the news somehow. Uh, I was kind of disappointed yeah. when LaMelo decided not to go to college because he was a five-star recruit, top ten in his class. I was excited to see how he'll end up, especially with all the hype. But uh, off topic, we'll go back to Lonzo. So what were you saying? Yeah, I just – I think – I don't know. There's so much going wrong with this. I mean – they drafted him and immediately he was, you know, claimed the, the new face of the Lakers. And, and so far he hasn't lived up to those expectations. Some other guys around him are living up to, are like exceeding expectations. My rookie of the week, Kyle Kuzma. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that in a little second. But, I mean, him, Brandon Ingram, played great um, earlier this week. He had a dagger on my, oh, my yeah. Sixers. Yeah, he did. Oh, but of course in the headline too, just another side segment. I had to see that it... It was Lonzo Ball assist Brandon Ingram for the game-winning three. And I was like, you know, we could just talk about Brandon Ingram without having to mention Lonzo, but whatever. I'm getting sidetracked. I, I think he just needs to find more of a role um, in in the ro- in the bench for them, you know, lead the second unit, play against some second unit guards, because while he is, you know, he's great for ball movement, he's a good rebounder at the position, um, these shooting percentages are just really scary, and he's got a very unique shooting form that he seems to not want to change. And I mean, even 47% from the free throw line, that's also, you know, really bad. So, well, the, the one thing is he has brought something on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's why you got to keep playing him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, 1.4 steals, one block a game, uh, his de- defensive box plus minus. I know I love to go to that number, but it's very indicative of what he's done defensively. And it's at 2.5. So he's been uh, way above league average defensively, just, Offensively, he's been awful. So mm-hmm. um, I just feel bad for the Lakers. They made a huge mistake, I think, with Lonzo Ball. Who do you think they should have taken instead? 
I think it was the right pick for them at the time. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that if you go back, they'd probably still pick him because it's, I mean, we're only how many games into his career? Like 20, 25. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say, but, um, what a disappointment. The other thing that, and I know he's kind of switched over to shooting guard more recently, but uh, you've been getting great play off the bench from Jordan Clarkson this year. Yeah, he was good last year too. Player efficiency rating of nineteen point one this year. That's you know that's great. That's great above league average. Effective field goal percentage of fifty four. Shooting thirty eight percent from three. He only has three assists, but like I said, he slid over to the. I mean, the Lakers aren't playing that bad this year. No, no, it's it's. And not, if they got not, great play out of Alonzo Ball, they'd be a much better team. But exactly, just, it, they're it, not. It's just. They're not getting it, so. No. Um, we'll move on. Uh, last topic of the day, the backcourt with Wall and Beal. And, you know, Wall's been out since November 24th with a knee injury. Uh, Bradley Beal's really showed up to play since then. And the Wizards are still above 500, even without uh, John Wall with at least, for at least, what has it been, two and a half, three weeks without him. Um, they're still 14 and 12. Uh, so, you know, Brad Beal, 23.8 points per game this year. Uh, shooting 46%. Blake, do you think that when the Wizards get John Wall back, this team can rival the Celtics or the, the Cavaliers in the East? I think it's a, it's a topic that comes up every year. Yeah, and honestly, this year with what I've seen from the rest of the team, not just specifically with Bion Wall, I mean, Otto Porter Jr., you know, usually sometimes, you know, it's young guys get those big contracts and kind of regress, but Otto Porter Jr. has been great this year. You know, bench uh, contribution for from uh, Kelly Oubre, even sliding into the starting rotation at times has been great. Um, I'm not the biggest Martian Gortat fan. Um, you know, people are potentially saying that Washington's a potential uh, DeAndre Jordan trade site. That would be great for their defense. Um, I think the best fit for him is the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. I think that would be a great fit. Um, but, yeah, with, with, the, with this backcourt, Bradley Beal has been um, the most – uh, surprising thing to me this year, upped his you know career average from 18.1 to almost 24 points a game. Um, he's shooting 46% from the field, effective field goal percentage of 52.4. That's higher than his career total. Um, yeah, he doesn't get all the you know he does he plays the two. So you know John Wall's getting the assists per game. You know he's before he went out he was averaging 20 points, 9.2 assists. Um, you know shooting 43 from the field. Um, in the end, I don't think they have the depth that the Celtics do or that the Raptors do. And even and then the Cavs, too, at that point, once the Cavs are healthy to really go up against them. I definitely think they're a playoff team. I would choose them over ooh, I would choose them over the Pacers for sure. The Pistons. Um, I'd have to flip a coin with the Bucks. I think I would take Giannis just in his himself to think, win a playoff series over them. You know what team could actually give them trouble, and this is kind of a biased pick. I think the Sixers could give them a lot of trouble. Give them trouble with the inside. Yeah, with, I mean, Embiid. Uh, Embiid would just expose Gortat. Gortat's nothing yeah. defensively. Um, John Wall. I guess they wouldn't put John Wall on Ben Simmons because I mean Ben Simmons has seven inches on you him. Put, uh, you probably Markeith Morris oh, maybe. I mean, we'll yeah, exactly. They, there's a lot of mismatches there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not saying the Sixers would beat the Wizards in a seven game series or a five game series or whatever, but there there's some teams in the East that can present them problems before even the Cavs or the Celtics. Exactly. And so while I'm really high on on Bradley Beal this year, um, let me ask you this: Who do you think 
at the end of the day is more valuable to this team because you know so far this season I mean even before Wall got hurt Bradley Beal was having some having some great success you know with him has done well without him who would you think is more valuable to them between Wall or Beal I mean, it's got to be John Wall yeah. what he does offensively um, I mean he gets rebounds goes end to end he's a great distributor Beal is very good at what he does but the blunt of what he does is shooting the ball. Um, he doesn't really do much outside of that. He doesn't pass. Doesn't rebound very well. Um, I don't know. I don't think he plays defense very well either. So defensive rating one hundred nine. Walls is one hundred eight. Okay, so all right, so he's a better defender. We'll give him that slightly, slightly I mean, better defender. But at the end of the day, I think you gotta. You'd rather have John Wall over Bradley Beal. I think. Uh, you take Beal away from this team, you take Wall away from this team, they're much better without Beal than they are without Wall. Yeah. Um, I think Wall's definitely more valuable for them. Mm-hmm. I think Wall also, the, to argue that sometimes when, when Beal is out, because he has had his injury problems, yeah. Wall has struggled a little when he doesn't have that prolific shooting guard next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, he's he's a big distributor, so he needs exactly. the shooters. He's he like, needs his, yeah. yeah. He needs the shooters around him, and so missing out on Beal hurts a lot with that. I guess I, guess I would take Wall too... Um, you know, all defensive, um, all NBA, four-time All-Star. I yeah, I, I would I would say Wall is more valuable, but it's getting close to me honestly at this point. I mean, they're both I would say both top thirty players. I think Wall creeps into the twenty range, mm-hmm. creeps close to twenty. Beal's closer to thirty. 30 yeah. Um, but they're both great players. Wizards got a great 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 chance at making a run this year, but we'll see. Yeah, one hypothetical. This is looking, I guess, to this next offseason. One hypothetical free agency thing I keep seeing is uh, bringing DeMarcus Cousins to Washington to play with John Wall um, and Bradley Beal. If they did that, where do you think that puts them in the East? See, I'm I'm always been a huge believer that DeMarcus Cousins is a great talent, but I don't think he'll ever be able to be a contributor on a great team. Mm. Um, I mean, the Pelicans might make the playoffs this year, but at the end of the day, they're not. They're not contending in the West. Um, it's too much talent there. I think even if you go to the East, I mean, he's great. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's a winner. And I. I think he's, there's just certain players with a winning attitude, and I don't think he has it. Um, I mean, obviously they'd be uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference with him. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that that would put them right up there in the in the top three. I mean, it it depends where LeBron, LeBron is. James is. If he's with the Cavs, I mean. They're obviously behind the Cavs. And if the Celtics have Gordon Hayward. I mean. Gordon Hayward back. I, but one thing that I would say is that I think DeMarcus Cousins can have his way with the big men in Boston. So that's one advantage I'd give them. Um, Horford? Horford's I mean, not a bad defender. Not terrible, but I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is just, could I feel like could just bring him down into the pain, put some pain on him. I mean, he's a freak. He's having an amazing year in New Orleans. I, I know what you say. It's tough to rely on Cousins given his attitude and his approach towards the game, it kind of seems sometimes that he's he's always looking to cause trouble. Um, especially I mean, you saw it the other night. He, yeah, he got in Durant. Durant's head. He tried going uh, in the back locker room to find Durant after they both got ejected. Like he, He's got some temper issues. Um, I will say, you know, when he when he was winning, he was at Kentucky. John Wall, you know. So, I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, the connection's there. I, I think it'd be interesting if they went there. I think it could shake up the East. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll jump to our last topic, uh, just the team of the week, player of the week, and rookie of the week. Um, I'll start with mine. 
My team of the week has got to be the Rockets. They've won seven in a row. Um, definitely showing that they, at the end of the day, they're going to be able to compete with the Warriors. Um, maybe not beat them, but compete them, compete with them. Um, we'll see. But James Harden's been insane. Like I talked about earlier, his player efficiency running well over 30. Um, and even Chris Paul, with James Harden playing well, is averaging almost 10 assists a game. So uh, the Rockets, my team of the week. Yeah, they'd definitely be my team of the week in the Western Conference. Looking at the Eastern Conference, I, I'm going to go with the Toronto Ramp, uh, Raptors. Riding a five-game winning streak, taking eight out of their last ten. Um, 16 and seven, they're behind just the Celtics and the Cavs in the East. Uh, offense is third highest point total per game and the fourth best offense in assists per game. I mean, DeMar DeRozan leading the team in points, 23.4, um, despite struggling from beyond the arc. He hasn't been great from three, 26.7%. But Kyle Lowry... 16.6 a game uh, points per game, 7.2 assists. Um, the one thing with the Raptors is always interesting because they always they always look great in the regular season, but never can get it done in the playoffs. I mean, that just comes down to sometimes you know always having to face LeBron James. But um, yeah, they got to be my team of the week, riding that hot winning streak. So what about rookie of the week? I got Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's been great. Uh, kind of, I guess you could go with Donovan Mitchell as well. Uh, he's been. Even better, but I think Kyle Kuzma, uh, what he's done for the Lakers this year, especially where he was drafted, um, he he's got to be my player of the week. Yeah, my rookie or of the week. Rookie of the week. Sorry. My rookie of the week is uh, Baby Dirk down in Chicago. Probably the only thing that I really think is that's coming great out of Chicago right now is Laurie Markkinen. Um, last Monday, he you know tough matchup against the Cavs, but he put up 13, seven rebounds, one block. Uh, followed that up, you know, kind of a measly 11.6 rebound game against the Pacers, but then against Charlotte, put up uh, 24, 12 rebounds, um, went three for five from three, and shot over 50% from the field, and then followed that up with a win against the Knicks, which just crushed me. Uh, he scored 15, eight rebounds, two blocks. On the season, 15 points a game, eight rebounds, slightly below average PR at 14.27. Uh, but he had a really nice week, and he's got to be my rookie of the week. Yeah, they actually got him in the trade for uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler so, yeah, it's uh, a bright spot. I mean, two players, him and Oladipo, looking good for uh, return and trades for big players. Mm-hmm. Uh, my player of the week, Anthony Davis. Uh, watched him play last night. He was great against the Sixers. He's averaging 25 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, uh, 1.1 steal, 1.8 blocks, and a player efficiency rating at 28.3 this season. He's been really good, um, and even with DeMarcus Cousins by his side, he's still scoring a bunch. So, uh, Anthony Davis, my player of the week. Yeah, mine's going to be who we talked about earlier, Victor Oladipo. Um, 27 points this past Wednesday against the Bulls. Followed that up with 33 against Cleveland. In their win against Cleveland, ending that streak, he played 36 minutes, uh, shot 6 of 13 from 3, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and then, you know, like we said, Blew up last night um, against the Denver Nuggets with 47 points, uh, shot 6 of 12 from 3, 53% from the field, and played 45 minutes of that game. Um, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, one blocks. He was doing everything for him, and he's been great this past weekend all year. Yep, so that will wrap up this week's episode of Courtside Take. Uh, any last words, Blake? Uh, your college student, good luck with finals week. <laughs> yep, good luck to all those people out there. My last message would be trust the process, go Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> another, another big week. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.